Preventing fraud increases profitability. And that is one of the most underestimated results in the mindset of the C-level. Are you curious how to improve your profitability by preventing fraud and fostering a culture of integrity? Great to have you here. Corporate integrity, fraud, non-compliance and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes, detect threats and take measurements to protect the most precious assets? As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternemann talks in her podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. To leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact, foster corporate integrity, and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur, and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you. Welcome back to this new episode of the podcast, The Human Factor of Corporate Integrity Matters. You might be a board member, an investigator, an auditor, external or internal, a corporate integrity leader, or on your way there. What we all have in common, we strive for leadership with integrity. I'm your mentor and sparring partner when it comes to corporate integrity with impact. Founder of Corporate Integrity Concepts with a different formats for corporate integrity leadership. And the vision to protect and secure assets, reputation and actionability. Yours and the one of your organizations. Why? Because corporate integrity matters to all of us. When it comes to profitability, fraud management and especially also prevention plays an important role. The fact that profitability can be increased is a taboo, but why? Let's take a closer look and see what we all can do to change the direction. As you have heard in our episode number 40, where we introduced the most popular episodes, fraud was a topic of interest. It is not new and it did not surprise me at all. Whenever I'm asked about my profession and I talk a little bit about fraud, governance, conflict of interests, in short, what I do when I'm not serving as a board member, people are interested, no matter what kind of background they have. It seems to be obvious and it's easily understood that any kind of incident in non-compliance and fraud costs. This understanding is given as long as the individual I talk to is not directly involved. When it comes to less tangible questions of how to manage and prevent such incidents, the understanding is fading out. It is reflected in several studies, also in the report to the nation of the ACFE. 5% of the yearly margin is spent to fraud. Should we spend, and please be aware that I'm not talking about an investment, this portion of our margin Or should we better save it? The discussion in our community when it comes to the question what the right investment is to protect against fraud and incidents are endless and there is no right or wrong. But I have experienced when it comes to the approaches chosen by the responsible leaders. Therefore, I will give you some steps which could also support you and your team. But before we go into the details, I would like to outline our own hindering beliefs when it comes to prevention. 
There is a strong lobby against prevention. The reasons I hear are that they do not believe in humans. I'm not saying that we can change people, but I strongly believe that we can raise awareness. With that awareness, we support the individuals to do the right things. Often, non-compliance has its roots in not understanding what is expected, especially when different cultures work together. So please do not get me wrong. I'm not talking about the fraudsters intentionally harming an organization. But there are a lot of people not yet trained when it comes to compliance, fraud prevention, and especially also speaking up when misbehavior is recognized. Allowing the perspective of using prevention and the culture of integrity as profit booster generates a shift in mindset. Increasing profit by doing the right thing is an approach I like to teach our, in our workshops and coaching because it always resonates and people learn a lot just changing their own perspectives. The mindset is crucial when it comes to the culture of integrity and roots in the DNA of an organization. Without the support of the board of directors at the C-level, it will not happen. Prevention would always be seen as cost only and never as an investment, protection shield or a booster. Just by co coincidence, a few days before I recorded this show, a client wrote me an email reflecting on the last year and he wrote, I would never have believed how many questions and feedbacks we receive back from our employees on our new code of conduct. Now you can say, oh no, I don't want to get any details nor questions But it was the first time that the employees took notice, before they just signed and forgot it. Do you think this company is better protected against non-compliance? For sure. Do you also think the implementation costs were 5% of the yearly margin or above? Of course not. For this mentioned client, it was just a start and it also took months, if not years, to get there. In an industry where fraud patterns and non-compliance are very prominent guests on the expense side of the financial statements. But now let's have a look what we could do to protect ourselves and increase our profitability. I will introduce a few practical approaches on a reasonable investment level. Don't kill your organization with prevention. There are still people out in the field who over-engineer a good intention. Start small, learn, improve and get better. The world around your organization is also transforming in a pace we never had before. And the more adaptable you are, the faster you can react to it and implement the new requirements and learnings accordingly. So the pillar number one I would like to introduce is establishing and implementing strong, understandable and practical internal policies. Employees need clear, well-written, practical and understandable guidelines to teach them which behaviors are and which are not acceptable. Two good places to start are your code of integrity, often also called code of ethics, and your code of conduct. Some organizations want to have these policies separated, others have just one consolidated one. Both approaches are absolutely fine as long as they are strong, understandable, and practical. The code of integrity should outline your organization's ethical standards and values. In this document, guide employees through common ethical dilemmas they could encounter at work and how to apply 
your ethical standards when deciding about how to deal with it. The code of conduct guides the employees on how to behave in the workplace. It outlines what is expected of employees, what behavior is encouraged, and what is prohibited. For example, interactions with customers and clients, interactions with co-workers, health and safety guidelines, compliance, D&I, etc. These two parts, either separately or combined, create a holistic picture of your organization's commitment to integrity and your expectations and instructions for employees to act with integrity. So what about the consequences to violations? Sanctions are necessary. Otherwise, your rules will not support intention. In your both codes, the Code of Integrity and the Code of Conduct, outline clear consequences to violations. Apply these consistently, regardless of the employee's seniority. When an employee doesn't make poor choice, consistency and fairness are key. So the pillar number two is update relevant trainings. Is your employee training updated? First from a content perspective, but also how to transport the learning content to make it stick? Or is it easily cheatable and nobody is eager to learn something? Nine out of ten employees I regularly ask about the corporate training responses the same. Boring, must do and nothing learned. That's not what we have to reach with that. Therefore, update your employee training and if necessary also the entire curriculum to match the expectations, the tone at the top and content of your strengthened policies and procedures. Start by raising awareness of integrity issues that employees could face in the workplace, such as a potential conflict of interest or the opportunity to commit fraud. By using real-life scenarios that could occur in your industry and organization, the interest in taking these trainings increases significantly. That is what we see in every single practical training we give. The interaction, no matter whether held virtually or physically, increases with each use case we provide for discussion. Provide exercises where employees must make a decision when faced with one of these dilemma scenarios. Finally, also discuss the right decisions and why they are the right one based on your organization's ethical standards and values. That is the way people learn in such trainings. The other way they learn is by observing the behaviors of others, especially the superiors. And here you have to ask yourself whether you have the right role models in your organization because they are observed. Pillar number three outlines the establishing a reporting process. What does it mean? Nobody speaks up. Maybe they can't because there is no process in place. Or it's in place, but it, it, it was not well implemented, especially when it comes to communication. I see huge potential. It is an illusion that superiors, HR, compliance staff could keep an eye on all employees. Red flag behaviors can easily be missed. That's why it's so important to implement a reporting process which could include several different approaches and tools. During the training, employees must learn how to recognize red flags in their environment. No matter whether these are peers, direct reports, superiors, clients or suppliers. 
However, that information won't help anyone if they don't know how to tell about it and how to do so. Therefore, we need a process installed. Set up a user-friendly tool, such as a hotline, a web form, or a dedicated email address. That's what is, it is required. My experience shows that if possible, anonymous reporting option to encourage employees to speak up without fear is crucial. The biggest cases of non-compliance happens at a level where employees fear to speak up without protection. And in the before-mentioned training, include instructions on how to use each of your reporting mechanism. This includes A, where to find it, and B, how and when to use it. But please do not forget to remind and repeat these options you implemented during the entire year. Remind employees about the importance of reporting. Let's go to pillar number four, set and rule model the tone at the top. This could also have been the first pillar because it's so important. This topic is not new at all. And I already mentioned several times in this episode, but also in the past ones. Role models are key in both directions. Employees naturally look to their superiors, managers and role models for workplace behavior. If their managers accept large gifts from suppliers and clients, fake expenses or steal supplies, they think that's the behavior which is acceptable. Therefore, start your integrity program at the top by getting senior managers on board, all of them. And you need a sponsors on board level too. In episode number 8 and 18, I talked about the allies you need in the boardroom and there you will find additional tips how to do so. They should walk the talk when it comes to following your organization's integrity standards. This means making ethical decisions and communicating openly as well as getting involved with training, committees or other parts of your integrity program. It is a fact that when employees see that the board of directors and the C-level takes corporate integrity and ethical behavior seriously in both theory and practice, they will be more likely to make decisions with integrity too. Pillar number five, check what you hire. Also not a new topic and discussed in episode number 30. One professional way to prevent fraud and misconduct is to screen out candidates during the hiring process. Who wants to destroy a good culture of integrity by a bad hire? A professional background check needs to be run on all candidates. That's important. Check and challenge their references and validate the, their past work experience as well as the diplomas. There are so many fake diplomas in circulation these days. If they have a criminal record or a history of misconduct in a previous position, they might bring more trouble than value to your company. Spend enough time in investigating the cultural fit when choosing a candidate. In other words, does the person's personality and working style fit the culture we have, the culture we have with our team members and your overall culture of integrity? If not, they could bring negativity and conflicts, which could lead to issues from loss of productivity to lawsuits. These few extra steps could keep problem, problems and especially problems with employees out of your organization and prevent lawsuits, fines and reputational damage. The costs occurring out of these risks are huge and damage your margin immediately when problems start. Our last pillar, pillar number six, tells us 
be consistent, transparent, and fair. Even with a well-established integrity program, you are bound to encounter a few incidents. When an employee does make a poor choice, transparency, consistency, and fairness are key. Transparency does not mean that everybody needs to know everything, not at all, but you must be shown that misconduct is not tolerated, no matter at which level. With that approach, you promote integrity and protect your organization in the following three ways. First, the policy breaker won't be unfairly punished or given leeway based on their position, so they know what to ex expect because of their actions. Number two, other employees will see that your organization is procedurally fair, leading to higher trust, loyalty, and ethical behavior of their own. And number three, your organization will prevent wrongful termination and discrimination lawsuits by having a written set of behaviors and their consequences. My personal conclusion is that with these six practical pillars, you will be able to boost your profit. Especially with the first four pillars or first five pillars, you have tools and approaches at hand to prevent your organization from misconduct. Number six rather demonstrates how to react when fraud and non-compliance happened and how to avoid further losses and costs in the reaction to that. The last pillar also demonstrates how to raise the awareness of even, even more being consistent, transparent and fair. Employees want to see you react and will learn from that. They will even learn more from your reaction to misconduct than from what you have written in your policies. Your take to the office or take-home assignment is very straightforward by reflecting which of these six pillars need revision. And by when are you doing that to boost your profit in 2022? This was the episode number 42 of the Human Factor Corporate Integrity Matters. You're following the motto, Corporate Integrity Secures and Empowers Individuals and Organizations. Thank you for listening. My name is Sonja Stiernemann. I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable and a role model. Take care and goodbye. Would you like to learn more, meet peers and getting qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with the relevant information and your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered. Promised. And please do not forget, topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know. <music>